Relevant Tones. I'm Seth Bosted, and today is the second in a three-part series celebrating the 25th anniversary of the highly influential Bang on a Can organization. In the first episode, we listened to music from the marathons. We heard music from the very first marathon in 1987, and then a lot of music from the most recent marathon, the 25th anniversary concert, which just happened. On this episode and the next, we're going to get to know the music of the four people really behind Bang on a Can, Evan Zaporin and David Lang, in today's episode, and then next week we'll hear music by Julia Wolf and Michael Gordon. It was nice to have the opportunity to speak with Evan Zaporin, a fellow Chicagoan, about his music, which is highly influenced by the Balinese gamelan. And when I spoke with him, I asked him about how he first heard the gamelan and why he found it so inspirational for his music. I had always been interested in non-Western music, and I certainly had heard gamelan even as a teenager, because I had somewhat enlightened uh, music teachers in Chicago where I grew up. But uh, what happened was I had this kind of conversion experience when I was working in a record store in New Haven, Connecticut in uh, 1979, and just one of those Nonesuch recordings got put on, and I just heard it. I mean, I'd heard it before, but I'd just really heard it. And it was just five seconds of this gamelan piece that seemed to be doing everything I wanted to do myself and everything I was hearing in Bartok's Fifth String Quartet and in The Rite of Spring and in King Crimson and you know it seemed so familiar to me in that sense and yet I couldn't even picture what the instruments looked like I couldn't imagine that you know this was being played by rice farmers who didn't read music and had no knowledge or interest in contemporary Western music I mean so that combination of the familiar and the exotic was absolutely compelling to me and I immediately tried to figure out how to get there. And then when I got out of school, that's what I did immediately. It was I went to Bali and I, I lived there for a year and studied in the villages. And then went back on a Fulbright uh, later in that decade and then eventually started composing for it and forming my own group. Let's have a listen to movements one, four, and five of Tire Fire by Evan Zaporin. Thank you. 
That was Tire Fire by composer Evan Zaporin, a piece combining elements of Western rock in the electric guitar that you heard there with the Balinese gamelan. That was performed by the Bang on a Can All-Stars with the Gamelan Galactica. We have time to listen to another piece by Evan. This is music from Shadow Bang. And when I spoke with him, I asked him specifically how this piece was related to the Bang on a Can aesthetic. Shadow Bang, you know, are more character pieces because they're theater pieces, but they are a way to kind of take what I think are the strengths of the band, like the cohesiveness of the chamber ensemble, of a different kind of chamber ensemble, of a chamber ensemble in which you can have a cellist, an electric guitarist, you know, a drum set, and, you know, a clarinet, and use these very intricate, beautiful rhythms and patterns that are derived from Balinese music in a very different way. So unlike Tire Fire, which is really about embracing the clash, uh, Shadow Bang is really about finding something where it feels like it has an autonomy to it. Um, you can't really place where that's aut- that autonomy's from, but um, it's sort of an imaginary world kind of piece. Well, let's have a listen now to Evan Zaporin's music from Shadow Bang, performed for us by the Bang on a Can All-Stars. Thank you. 
Music from Shadow Bang by Evan Zaporin, performed for us by the Bang on a Can All-Stars on their CD, Big, Beautiful, Dark, and Scary. You're listening to Relevant Tones, a show that features the music of contemporary composers. Today's episode is the second in a three-part series featuring the 25th anniversary of Bang on a Can. For more information, you can check out our website at www.relevanttones.com or find us on Facebook. Let's turn now to David Lang, one of the founding members and one of the three artistic directors of Bang on a Can. Cheating, Lying, Stealing is uh, kind of a seminal work and certainly considered one of the Bang on a Can classics. In fact, it is track number one on the CD, Bang on a Can Classics. When I um, spoke to David about it, I asked him, what, what, uh, what drives the piece? What, what does he mean by cheating, lying, and stealing? I like to think about the things we take for granted in classical music. You know, I began as a classical musician. I'm very interested and um, passionate about the glorious history that we all share in classical music. That's my background. And yet I'm always really kind of suspicious of the messages that we get from it without um, thinking too hard. So uh, one of them is, what do you learn about a composer from his or her music? And you know, we're taught to listen autobiographically. We listen to Beethoven and we make these extrapolations about what kind of person he is. Or we listen to Bach and we want to know his biography and we want to connect that biography. And, you know, we want, to, we want the whole package, right? And then we listen for those things in the music. That's kind of the way we're taught. So I wondered what, if that's really true, and I'm not totally sure it is, but if, if, that's, if that is true, what are the messages we get? You know, we get messages from pieces about the things that composers are proud of. When you hear a piece of Tchaikovsky that's really beautiful and emotional and romantic and exquisite and has these incredibly heart-wrenching melodies that are orchestrated beautifully and um, stir everyone in the audience, in a way, one of the things that Tchaikovsky is telling you is that this kind of emotion is excellent. You know, this kind of emotion is a good thing. It's good to have this emotional reaction. But because we listen autobiographically, we get this other message, which is, I'm emotional, I have these emotions, I'm an exceptional person, and I've allowed myself to have these emotions, and I'm proud of my emotions. So I wondered, what would it be like if one could build a kind of music where you examine yourself and find the things about yourself you're not proud of? What if you could make a kind of music that says how disreputable you are, or how embarrassed you are by something you did, or how undependable you are, or um, how you stole something, or um, here's the thing that I'm revealing to you that I, I, I'm really upset about because every time I think about it, it embarrasses me. Could you make a kind of music like that? So I started making this piece, Cheating, Lying, Stealing, with this idea of trying to find the things about myself that I don't like and putting them you know, together in a piece of music. So I found a pop tune that I really liked, and I stole it. I don't think anyone's ever going to discover what it is, but I know it's there, right? You know, I mean, it's completely hidden, but I know it's there. And every time I hear it and every time I'm praised for it, I know I didn't do it. It's built on the idea of um, repetition, which is completely undependable because I'm a very irresponsible person. And so how do you show that in a piece of music? So I made these incredible mathematical patterns, which make sure that all these repeats happen in a way so that they can't be dependent on. You know, if you try to dance to this piece, you'll fall over because it feels like it's completely repetitive, but it isn't. You know, it changes all the time in a way which um, makes it impossible to predict where you are. 
So I just tried to think of all these different ways that I could be a cheater or a liar or a stealer in this piece, and that's what I did. Let's listen to Cheating, Lying, Stealing by David Lang, performed by the Bang on a Can All-Stars.
That was Cheating, Lying, Stealing by David Lang, performed by the Bang on a Can All-Stars. Let's turn now to another piece by David called The Little Match Girl Passion that's been extremely successful, winning the Pulitzer Prize in 2008, and the recording was Grammy-nominated in 2009. When I spoke with David, I asked him what was the inspiration for the piece, and where did the title come from? I wrote this piece. It was a commission from Carnegie Hall and um, from the singer Paul Hillier and his ensemble, and I wanted to write something that was related to the history of vocal music because here's this great singer, Paul Hillier, who has dedicated his life to singing and to choral work. And I bought all of his records and I wanted to learn everything that he liked. And I knew him as a modern man because he's been related to all these great composers that I love. Um, Steve Reich and John Cage and Arvo Pert, Carl Hunch Stockhausen, all these great modern composers. And I realized after buying all of his CDs that most of his work is about Jesus because uh, He's a choral singer. Most of choral music and Western music and classical music, you know, our tradition comes out of the church. And so most of what this person did, simply because of the accident that he had a nice voice and wanted to work with other singers, was proselytizing for Jesus. And so this is very interesting, and I've thought about it forever because I'm not a Christian. You know, I'm, I'm a Jewish composer, and it's always very interesting because my my relationship to classical music is very deep. I, I love these pieces by Bach, for example, who is my all-time favorite composer. But what am I supposed to feel? You know, what is a Jewish artist supposed to do listening to this kind of music? So I thought maybe this would be an opportunity working with this modern choral virtuoso. Maybe I could deal with this um, mixed message that I get from Western music that I love so much. I decided to take the story of Jesus out of the Passion. So what I did is I went to the Bach St. Matthew Passion, which is full of the story of the gospel, the suffering of Jesus, and has all these, these extra scenes added of the reactions of the crowd. You know, all these really incredible reactions to the suffering of Jesus. And I had this idea, what if you could have all those incredibly powerful and noble reactions to the suffering of someone else? You know, would, what would it be like if you took Jesus out of the gospel story and replaced it with someone else's suffering? Would it trivialize it? Would it make that suffering more noble? Would you still get the sense that, um, that anyone's suffering was a challenge to you to be a better person? So after trying lots of different stories, you know, trying to imagine what, what other suffering could go in that place, I took the Hans Christian Andersen's story of the little match girl, the little girl who is, you know, it's the, the fable about the little girl selling matches on the street and uh, no one notices that she's there and she freezes to death. But she's been striking the matches to keep warm and every time she strikes a match, she remembers that she's um, at the home of her grandmother and warm and safe and happy. And when the townspeople wake up in the morning, they find that she's dead and she's frozen to death. But she has a beautiful look on her face and all the matches are burned because she's been to this other great place. So I took that story and I told it um, intercut with all of the crowd reactions from the St. Matthew Passion. Well, this is very much a large-scale work, so we're going to listen to as much as we have time for. Let's listen to the Grammy-nominated recording by Theater of Voices, Ars Nova Copenhagen, with Paul Hillier conducting David Lang's The Little Match Girl Passion.
We just heard David Lang's The Little Match Girl Passion in a Grammy-nominated recording performed for us by the Theater of Voices, Ars Nova Copenhagen, Paul Hillier conducting. This is the second in a three-part series on relevant tones featuring the seminal organization Bang on a Can. Today we listen to the music of David Lang and Evan Zaporin. On the next episode, we'll listen to the music of Julia Wolfe and Michael Gordon. All four of these composers have been so influential in the new music community. I've had a great time meeting and talking with them and featuring their music, and I hope that you've enjoyed their music as much as I've enjoyed listening to it and talking with them. Relevant Tones is produced by Jesse McCorders at WFMT, with special thanks to Molly Hunt and Connor Mackey. For more information about the program and the artists we featured, you can find us on Facebook or visit our website at relevanttones.com. Relevant Tones is made possible by the generous support of Grosvenor Capital Management, Carol Joins, and Abby O'Neill, an anonymous donor, and the listener supporters of WFMT. I'm your host, Seth Bostead, and thank you very much for listening.